Welcome to Chamura, Economics at Work, with our guest today, Mark Hayes, Vice Chancellor of Workforce and Economic Development at Dallas College. Today's conversation is Community College, Leading in Workforce and Economic Development. Our guest today grew up on farms in rural Texas and Oklahoma. Excitement came in the form of horrendous dust storms blizzard conditions, droughts, and tornadoes. Up well before dawn, every day, his preschool activities included caring for livestock, maintaining farm equipment, and bailing hay. It became crystal clear that living in rural America meant hard work, and with the local farmers completely dependent on the goodwill of Mother Nature, it could mean stretches of abject poverty. He loved their farm but saw it was a very tough way to make a living. An avid reader with a passion for history and agriculture, it was obvious that a good education was his pathway to life beyond the farm. With a bachelor's degree in agriculture communication and a master's in public administration, through education, he found a way to honor his heritage while forging a path to a career where he would ensure businesses have the labor they need to succeed, and students would get the education and training to help them earn a living wage. I'm Leslie Peterson, president of Chimera Economics and Analytics. We welcome our friend and collaborator, Mark Hayes, Vice Chancellor of Workforce and Economic Development of Dallas County Community College District, DCCCD, as it is affectionately known, is one of the largest colleges in the nation with over 150,000 students on seven campuses plus their online presence. Today we're gonna chat with Mark about how his team at DCCD are meeting the labor market needs of Dallas County and how data plays a significant role. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Well, thanks Leslie, it's a pleasure to be here. So tell us about this journey from small town farm kid to the world of academics and economic development. Well, it's, um, you know, it was was interesting. I I was raised in the Texas panhandle, uh, far north Texas panhandle, about as far north in Texas as you could go. Uh, My family moved to eastern Oklahoma when I was 14. Uh, my family was always involved in the in the cattle feeding business and and, and grain and trucking, uh, and so it was um, uh, you know it was it was always a you know a fun way to grow up and you know in fact I, I couldn't imagine growing up anywhere else. It was a it was a great way to learn uh, about rural America. It was a great way to to learn great work ethic. Uh, I remember you know even as a young child, my my dad taking me out to 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 do certain chores and things that we had to do around around the house and the place and everything. So, so I learned that from, from, from a very, very early age. And, uh, and then in Oklahoma, it was, uh, you know, running a, you know, a cow calf operation that, that we had. And I saw, you know, while I loved it, uh, I saw how, how difficult it was and, um, how, how hard it is, uh, for, for people in, in the agriculture industry, uh, you know, to make a good living. And, and so I, you know, I, I love the agriculture part of it. Uh, I didn't necessarily love the physical part of it, but uh, the thing was I wanted to to study agriculture, and that's what I did at Oklahoma State, and uh, it was it was a glorious time. I loved it. 
uh, and, and from there was in the farm broadcasting business for many years, did farm and ranch news uh, and market reports on radio uh, and, and then got into the, you know, things happen and you, you kind of move to different things. And I got into the uh, uh, federal job training programs where I helped dislocated workers, uh, people who'd been laid off from their jobs due to no fault of their own, uh, get retraining uh, to learn uh, new skills, uh, enter new careers. Um, and, and, you know, pretty much kind of been associated in that area pretty much ever since I've in, in some form or fashion worked with statewide uh, in the state of Oklahoma uh, in workforce training programs, worked for the governor's or the governor's office there uh, through the State Department of Commerce, uh, worked for the mayor of the city of Tulsa uh, in, in workforce programs, uh, and then for the Oklahoma State University system uh, at their technical branch, uh, was the director of workforce and economic development there to, to help businesses meet workforce needs, and then came to Dallas several years ago uh, so, so the, the shock of coming from that rural type system to, 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 a, to a large urban area, uh, was, uh, you know, was, was really kind of mind blowing in a way, but it's, it's, when it comes down to it, it's all the same work, preparing people to enter the workforce, helping businesses succeed and helping communities thrive. That's fascinating. So all of this led you to your current position at Dallas County Community College District? Tell us a bit more about your role there. Well, it, it I'm, I was the first person hired for this position by our chancellor, Dr. Joe May. Um, and, and Dr. May was um, and, and is uh, just a, a magnificent leader in, in higher education, uh, community colleges, uh, truly a, a innovative groundbreaker. And so uh, he, he offered me the position and he mentioned, you know, the, the, the one thing that, that he needed more than anything else is that for any organization, uh, community college is no exception. Uh, you need that North Star. What's that North Star? And he looked at it as a labor market intelligence center as being that North Star. So, so that was my one of my first charges when I came here was to help develop a labor market intelligence center that basically uh, helped our colleges know, you know, what programs that they, they needed to add, what programs they needed to, to scale back on. But then it evolved into much more than that. It became, uh, you know, a, a very you know, confident uh, type of, of operation that dealt with economic development organizations. It dealt with uh, chambers of commerce um, and really showing labor market trends and data to help them make decisions in their their everyday business, and so uh, that was the first thing that that we did. Um, also formed a global economic development division that that works on bringing uh, more foreign direct investment uh, into into Dallas. Um, it, it involves uh, you know so many different areas working with international companies to either relocate to Dallas or expand or establish a presence in Dallas, create more jobs for our uh, residents here. I also was put in charge of all of our small business efforts, which includes uh, the small business development centers in 49 counties in North Texas, uh, as well as our Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses program. And then uh, also uh, in charge of all of our apprenticeship uh, programs. We have uh, currently about 39 registered apprenticeship programs, around 2,500 apprentices. Uh, so that's uh, an area that's continuing to grow 
uh, pretty dramatically, not only in Dallas, but uh, but throughout the country uh, as well. And then also um, I oversee our Work Ready U programs, which is our basically our adult education and literacy programs, high school equivalency uh, classes, as well as uh, English as a second language classes. Uh, currently about 15,000 students uh, enrolled in those programs. Um, so anyway, it, 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 the position has grown significantly uh, in, in the short time that I've been here. Uh, the programs are absolutely critical uh, for the Dallas County Community College District, but also for Dallas County and North Texas as a whole. So we, we take that responsibility very seriously. That's great. It's very interesting to hear about the vision behind the creation of the state-of-the-art labor market intelligence center that you touched upon. It seems as though that has allowed you to accomplish a lot of core initiatives at the campus. Of course, we'd love to hear all about it, and we're curious if you can articulate how Chamura played a role. Well, when when the chancellor first mentioned the labor market intelligence center, um, honestly, the first thing I thought of was Chamura. Um, I had worked uh, with with you and 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 your people when I was still in Oklahoma uh, with the OSU uh, system. Uh, had worked on some uh, some uh, some economic uh, profiles that we had done uh, as part of a Department of Defense grant uh, that helped us out tremendously. And so I thought about Chamura immediately and how we could bring in the labor market uh, information that we needed. But I know it you know it had to go beyond that because we had to look at you know, while Chimura Jobs EQ, that platform is great at supplying us data, you know, we have to have the people that are trained to say, what does the data mean? What does it mean for Dallas? What does it mean for North Texas? What does it mean for our colleges? What does it mean for our businesses here? Uh, what does it mean for our students? Um, and so that's why, you know, it's, it's not just a labor market information center. It's a labor market intelligence center. The intelligence comes from the human uh, the interpretation of that data. Uh, not only our staff in the center, but also reaching out to businesses and employers and saying, this is what the data is showing us. Uh, what do you think? Does, does this project a pretty accurate picture? Can you add to this? Can you, can, can you tell me something, an angle here that maybe we're, we're not seeing uh, that, that you can provide? So that's what we do. We, we, we look at the data. Uh, the data that we, that we rely on from Jobs EQ has to be uh, extraordinarily accurate for us, but then we have to take it one step further and, and go to our business community and our college presidents, for example, and say, is this what you're seeing? Is, does, this, does this work? Does this play out? Because the last thing we want to do is put out information that, that uh, it misleads either our colleges or our business community or economic development organizations. Uh, we consider it just the, the foundation and, and the backbone of, of everything we do in the Workforce and Economic Development Division. Amazing. And this type of center seems very critical in making decisions at the community level, but let's talk about scale. Do most higher ed institutions have an LMI center? And what do you think about the future of LMI centers at the community college setting? Well, I think that you will see particularly larger community college systems that will have, um, you know, significant labor market information uh, type uh, centers type programs. Um, the, the, the smaller ones, maybe not so much. Maybe, the, you know, the resources aren't there for them for them to do it. 
And, and, and part of what we do here is that, you know, we provide, uh, you know, labor market intelligence to, to the, the smaller rural community colleges around the state of Texas as well when they ask for it. We're, we're very happy to do that for them, to, to give them some help if they need uh, certain areas. We have a major statewide initiative that's in the planning stages right now. We're supplying labor market uh, intelligence uh, for the entire uh, state to create a, a significantly statewide new, uh, new uh, statewide training program uh, here in the state of Texas to help uh, uh, you know hundreds of thousands of Texans uh, get new certifications in in critically uh, short uh, short areas in the labor market. We also su- supply the labor market um, intelligence for our state higher education coordinating board, which oversees the uh, the higher education public higher education system. Uh, in the state of Texas, so so it it really pans out from there. So one of the things that that, that I I think is critical is that as a community college system, as higher education, we have got to be able to show a value add to the community. No longer can we just turn students out with degrees and say, go, you know, good luck to you, best of luck to you. We have to listen to what employers are saying. We have to look at the labor market data because if we don't, we're going to, we're not going to be in business. And uh, people who don't think that, that higher education in its present form can go away are, in my opinion, very naive. Uh, because if, if we're not responding to what the the market demands, the market will turn somewhere else to find what they need. Uh, so we better be supplying that uh, information not only to our students, but also to, to what I consider our primary customer, our employers. And so we've got to be able to do that. We've got to be able to, to give them the data that they need that can be useful in their business planning to help students look at this data and say, here's the kind of career that, that I want. The demand is there you know, five years, 10 years down the road. Um, and it's something I enjoy doing. Uh, what, what's going to be the demand in my, in my local labor market or wherever I choose to live. So we've got to be able to do that. And if we don't, uh, it, it, it's going to be a, you know, a, a tough road to hoe, I think for, for, uh, for higher education in general. Well, clearly the center gives D triple CD in Dallas County an edge. So I know your LMI team knows how to pull data but specifically, why do you use JobCQ software as a service over, let's say, the United States labor market information that you could simply Google? Well, it's it it, it comes a matter, I think, because of the level of analysis that we see uh, from JobCQ, the the the, the wide varang- uh, variety of tools there that we see, the JobCQ, the labor EQ, which we use quite extensively, the what if scenarios that we use that when we work with site selectors, for example, and economic development organizations truly love the what if scenario so that we can show, uh, you know, a company that that's looking at expanding or coming into the Dallas area. Uh, here is the availability of the labor pool for the kind of jobs that you're looking to hire. Here's what you're going to have to pay them. Here's how tough it's going to be for you to recruit them. Uh, that's, that's absolutely critical because that's the kind of information that, that, that companies want to see. Uh, you know, when, when we see this and any economic developer in the country will basically tell you this, you know, it's got to be a situation that when companies are are talking to you about your to your community, one of the first things they're going to ask is what's the availability of, of of the labor force or the workforce that we need. If you can't answer those questions, they're going to move on. They'll go somewhere else. Um, and so it's it, it's absolutely critical that we have that kind of of analysis that not only shows the the as is, but the as as I said, the what if scenario so that we know that that a labor pool, a labor market, uh, labor force is going to be available for them 
uh, when they choose to come into the into the, the Dallas region. So I know JobsEQ played a pivotal role in another exciting initiative, and that's the launch of the 2019 Ascend Institute, which my understanding is a corporate training center, and that was your vision and your creation. We'd love to hear more about it and especially how it's meeting the demands of local businesses. Well, sure. Yeah, the, the Ascend Institute is, is, is one of the things that the chancellor envisioned that, that we, that we have, are in the process of implementing now, that it's, it's a continually uh, evolving process. But basically it was created to provide that, that contract training, that corporate training arm that the district uh, hasn't had uh, in any uh, centralized type of, 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 of fashion for as long as, I, as I've been here. It was simply, you know, we had seven independently accredited colleges that were all doing their own thing. And so that, that involved some confusion. It involved uh, some duplication. And so to better serve our business customers, our corporate customers, we formed the Ascend Institute which is, is absolutely critical as we look at the future of contract and corporate training here in, in, in the Dallas area. Uh, you know, the, the staff of our Ascend Institute went through the, 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 uh, the, uh, the job fit certification uh, at, at your meeting uh, uh, last uh, fall in Florida. Uh, I felt it was critical that they understand how to use the tool and went through the training to do it. Uh, that just supplements the work of our labor market intelligence center. For example, if our if our labor market intelligence center gets gets uh, overwhelmed with work, which often happens, uh, that we have staff that can go in and and pull the information they need to give a quick turnaround, give information to employers or economic development organizations. So, um, so so yeah, it was absolutely essential that we had people in in the Ascend Institute who understood not just the, the, the corporate training side of things, but also the kind of data that, that corporations needed, that businesses needed uh, in order to, to devise a, a uh, workforce strategy for them, uh, both today and, and in the future. Um, the, the other thing we looked at is as we talked to businesses, you know, through the Ascend Institute, is that more and more they're, they're telling us, um, you know, that, yeah, college degrees are important, but we care about skills. I want to know what kind of skills that, um, that, that people have. Uh, you know, when I was in college, you know, back in the Stone Age, it was a you know, situation of where people said, you know, hey, it doesn't matter. Just go get a degree. Get a degree in anything. It didn't matter. Just, just the fact that you got it. It's not good enough anymore. Um, you know, we have, you know, our students now that they're our, our average student age is 25, 26 years old. Uh, these are people who may have children, may have a kid or two, uh, could be married, uh, that sort of thing. And you, you can't go in and tell them, hey, in two years, you could be this, or in four years, you could have a degree in this. More and more, we hear students say, no, what, what can I get in two months? I need something in two months that will get me into, into the labor force that will earn me a living wage. Uh, and so that could be industry certifications. Industry certifications, apprenticeships are going to play an ever bigger role in what we do. Uh, the degrees are still going to be there. They're going to be important. Uh, you know, the transfer to four-year institutions is going to be important. But we've got to be more than that. We have got to be uh, a, a, an educational provider for the entire community that fills that spectrum uh, of, of the kind of skills that, that employers need. And, and so that may include the college degree. It may not. 
uh, we're here to meet the demands of the employer. What do the employers say they need? Uh, and that's where we have to, to pivot. We have to adjust and we have to be able to meet those needs. Or, or like I say, we're, we're going to become ir- irrelevant. So it's, it's absolutely vital that we do that. And speaking of being vital, how important are the job postings analytics that you pull from JobCQ underpinning your success there at the center? Well, it's it, it, they've always been vital, but even in the last two or three months, they've become even more so. Um, as we pull these analytics, um, it, it's something that we can't wait for. You know, the next quarter, we have to be able to pull these things immediately. Uh, the the, the real time postings are, are critical for us uh, because the labor market, as as you're well aware, uh, you know, since March has changed dramatically. Uh, so, so what are we looking at? What you know who? you know, what company needs what kind of worker that that's been flipped on its head, uh, you know, at least temporarily, we know, uh, for the last two to three months. Um, and so we have to respond quickly. We have to be agile. And so, uh, you know, we can't wait to see what, you know, what, what, for example, the Bureau of Labor Statistics may put out, uh, you know, that's, that's three to four months in arrears. Um, we can't do that. We have to have information quickly. It has to be real time. It has to be something that we can use immediately because I can't tell you the number of times since the uh, the, the pandemic uh, really, you know, blossomed into into a full blown crisis um, that that I've had requests not only from 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 my boss but from other companies from employers saying, "What does it look like right now?" Uh, and so, in fact, we just pulled some some uh, information yesterday that we had to have. Uh, so it it's 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 absolutely critical that we have that. Uh, it's absolutely critical that we're able to look at it and to analyze it, and to say, okay, this is what's uh, what's happening right now. And I think it's it's you know it, it plays a critical role in in how we respond to this crisis and and how we help individuals who've who've gone through so much that have lost their jobs. Uh, it's critical for us to say, hey, this can get you back in the workforce quickly. Uh, here's the training that, that we can offer you online so that you can do it at home. Uh, because obviously what we want to do is get these people back to work and get our businesses back on their feet. You know, there's such a shortage of skilled labor and, and a tremendous reopening of the Dallas economy. It's really a game changer. And earlier in our conversation, you touched on apprenticeships. So I was wondering if you could tell us more about the apprenticeship program and your solutions development department. Well, sure. You know, I I look at at apprenticeship as I always refer to it as the third leg of the bar stool. There's credit programs, there's non-credit programs, there's apprenticeship programs. Uh, And and traditionally, it's an area that community colleges have, have, you know, stayed away from. We've dabbled in it here and there. But but I think that it's, it's going to be even more critical in, in the things that we do. And a lot of this came from employers who said, we, you know, we want competencies. We don't want an education measured by the, the amount of clock hours a student sits in a classroom. We want it measured by the fact that what do they know how to do? What skills do they have? And so apprenticeships are absolutely suited for that in a, in a great way. Our solutions development department, truly an amazing bunch of people. And, and what they've done is that they've been, they they have become experts in apprenticeship programs and so when we go into an employer and for example and, and start talking about registered apprenticeships uh a lot of employers you know in texas anyway you, you had to say first thing it, it, it it's not necessarily a, a union program at all it doesn't have to be 
uh, even though we work very closely with, with organized labor in a lot of our registered apprenticeship programs. Uh, employers also want to know, well, I, you know, this is a government thing and I don't have time to mess with a lot of government paperwork and rules and regulations. That's where the community college comes in. That's where we come in as intermediaries. We tell the employer, we will work the paperwork for you. We will work it through the Office of Apprenticeship. And we have a just an absolutely tremendous Office of Apprenticeship um, regional office here in Dallas. Uh, they are fantastic to work with. They understand what we're trying to do. They will help us. Uh, they, they, they grease the skids so we can get these things through in a, in a timely manner. But we will help that employer with the paperwork. We will help them get it to where it needs to be. We will help them to make sure they stay legal in their apprenticeship program. We recently uh, received a $12 million Department of Labor grant uh, on the, uh, for sector uh, initiatives, and ours is in healthcare. Which is not traditionally seen as a as an as an you know apprenticeship occupations, but what we've done is that we identified 55 occupations, both clinical and non-clinical, so that uh, workers can get training. They spend part of the time, uh, part of their part of their week uh, in the classroom or on online training, and the rest of the week they're spending on the job. They're getting paid for all of it. And what employers have found is that their retention rates are much higher with those workers than if they just hire them off the street. Is the upfront cost a little bit more? Yeah, it is. But the, the ROI on this is tremendous in the fact that these people stay with you longer. They're not with you for six months and then leave. That They hang around. And, and it's, it's really a partnership between that worker and that employer and the Dallas County Community College District that we want to help, like I say, these workers succeed. We want to help businesses thrive. Um, and, and apprenticeships are an absolutely fantastic way to do that. And that, that, that instruction, what we call the related instruction that's in the classroom, it can be either credit, it can be non-credit, it's up to the employer. And we will design that program to make sure to give them the kind of thing that, that they need. And could you speak to the audience about the role of JobsEQ to help you identify apprenticeships that would have the most impact in the community there in Dallas? Well, sure. And, and, and what we look at, and Dallas is very fortunate in the fact that it's, it's an economy that is very diverse. It is very robust. It is not reliant on a single industry. We are not a, you know, a single industry town. Uh, my gosh, it is just amazing to me when I look at all of the industry sectors as identified by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, just how uh, huge each one of them are in the, in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, and so what we look at is we look at, you know, employers are, 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 are screaming for labor. They, they, even during the crisis here, there's employers saying we need workers. And, and, and it's, it's been a, uh, you know, a very, very trying situation, not only for, for the workers, but for these businesses as, as well. And so we look at, you know, what, what's out there now? What, what are employers looking for? What can workers do that, that, that will get them those skills they need to get into the labor force and, and to have that, 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 that job that provides them better than living wages? And so, it, you know, apprenticeships exactly the same way. We look at that. We look at employers and it's not just, oh, well, it's apprenticeship. So that just means construction or manufacturing. No, it can mean finance. It can mean IT. We have several apprenticeships in, in, in the IT field. We have, uh, for example, an apprenticeship program with trade show decorators, individuals who go in and set up big, uh, you know, hotel ballrooms and banquet rooms uh, for, for, for trade shows and, and, and that sort of thing. So it, if, 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 if it's a job, if it's a job that pays wages, it's a job that can be apprenticed. 
And so it's just an option that we use when we use jobs EQ and we talk to an employer and say, for example, hey, uh, the data is showing that that this occupation is going to increase by, you know, 10 percent over the next five years. You know, how can we help you meet that workforce demand? And apprenticeships are just one of the things that we have in the toolbox for them. And so if, if, they're, if they're interested in apprenticeships, we can help you. If you're interested in credit programs, non-credit programs, if you're interested uh, in, in, in incumbent worker training for your current workers to move them up uh, that skills ladder, we can help you with that too. So we use all of that data that JobsEQ provides us so that we can we can come in and, and give them that information that helps them make uh, you know prudent business decisions. You know, one of the things that most impresses me about your work at DCCD is how engaged you are with the communities in terms of taking steps to help them prosper. What is Work Ready You? And could you des- describe to us the impact that it's had in the communities of most need in your region? Well, sure. Work Ready You was a vision of our chancellor that that basically when we look at it, it, it was to serve uh, disadvantaged populations, help those individuals most in need uh, in our community. Uh, th- these were individuals, for example, who may not have had uh, the, the opportunity to get their high school diploma. Uh, it could be individuals who, who don't know English, who, who need to learn English. Uh, and so we started off doing a lot of, of really cool things w- with this program. It started off basically from ground zero. Uh, we, 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 as I mentioned earlier, have over 15,000 students in this program right now. Uh, and about 70% of them are non-English speakers. Uh, it's very critical here in the Dallas area. We have, you know, staff members, for example, that spend part of their time during the week at the Mexican consulate in Dallas to, to help, you know, recruit individuals for these, uh, the ESL classes. Uh, but it's not just about that, because what happens is that an individual goes in and people who've never been through a high school equivalency class uh, and have ta- and have had to take the test at the end of it, it's not easy. I don't know if, if, if we could pass the thing or not, if we had to sit down and take it right now, because it is not an easy examination. But what we tell people is that the high school diploma, the high school equivalency, all it does is, is open a door for you. It's not necessarily going to get you more money. It will open a door to get you hired for jobs that require at least a high school diploma. But unfortunately, a lot of those are still minimum wage jobs. They, they are very uh, uh, jobs that, that won't pay, won't pay a living wage. And so what we look at is what can we do to help that individual once they get that high school equivalency what can we do to help them get to the point to where they can learn technical skills that move them up that that wage ladder and so it's very important for us to either begin those technical skills training uh, uh skills you know while they're in the high school equivalency class or immediately after they uh, complete it because we don't want the individual to take that high school equivalency exam and then go, you know, wait six months uh, and then say, oh, well, maybe I'll come back and get something in because we know that, uh, you know, the chances are they won't. We want to be able to pounce quickly while they're in the in the training or immediately after that so that they can they can earn those technical skills to get them into the job market uh, at, at better than a living wage job. You know, Mark, earlier uh, you touched on how critical your work is 
with the local chambers, economic developers, and site selectors. And I assume this dovetails with another critical department under your leadership. Tell us about the Small Business Development Center and the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses that you talked about earlier in our conversation. And why would a community college put so much focus on small businesses? Well, it's 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 absolutely critical as another part of what I think is our our critical role in the community. You know, it's great to to help site selectors. It's it's great to help chambers of commerce or whatever recruit those large employers to come in. And you know, everybody you hear about, you know, getting the big win. You know, we're bringing in this plant that that you know it's going to employ a thousand people or fifteen hundred people or whatever. And that's great. That that's absolutely tremendous. But but our philosophy is true economic growth comes from growing your existing businesses, helping entrepreneurs, helping them helping them get businesses up and running, taking your existing small businesses and growing those businesses. And so we you know that that's the way we look at it. How can we help people uh, go into business for themselves? What can we do to encourage entrepreneurs? How can we connect them with Fortune 500 companies, for example, to maybe help meet a need that Fortune 500 company has, where they could get that 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 product or that service locally, rather than having to go across the country to get it? That helps cut down on their supply chain, helps reduce their costs, and it also provides opportunity for our for our local entrepreneurs and local small business. So, you know, we. Look at our small business development centers, which are, you know, we we cover 49 counties in in North Texas uh, and our Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses program that basically takes those small businesses that are already established, but are still kind of in a growth mode and helps get them to the next level. The collaboration they have in their cohorts so that they they can, you know, exchange business opportunities with with other entrepreneurs that they're in class with. Those are the kind of things that, that we hope to facilitate. One of the things that we really have to, to work on in Dallas, and we're really putting a lot of focus into, is how do we create more entrepreneur and small business opportunities for our minority uh, community in, in, in the Dallas area? So, you know, we've partnered with the uh, Greater Dallas Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, with the uh, Greater Dallas Asian Chamber of Commerce, and the Dallas Black Chamber to help increase uh, small business opportunities, entrepreneurship opportunities to help expand those in, in parts of Dallas that, that need that business growth and that business development. Uh, so that's something we're very proud of and something that we're constantly working on and evolving because that's where we think true economic growth is going to come from is, is by increasing the number of small businesses and, and cultivating that environment where entrepreneurs can thrive. Well, if all of this great work isn't enough, you've also formed a global economic development center. And Dallas has become such an international city. Give us some insight into what your global team is working on and how it's going to affect the landscape. Well, uh, yeah, we've been very fortunate in the fact that we have a global economic development team that focuses on international business um, and, and as well as helping our faculty and our students become more aware of what international business is all of, is all about and the opportunities available there, um, you know we we work very closely with the various consulates in in Dallas and in Houston for that matter. Uh, you have a lot of consulates in the state of Texas that are located in in, in Houston. We work with the honorary consuls in Dallas. 
uh, and the various chambers of commerce, the uh, the U.S. India Chamber of Commerce, for example, the 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 German American Chamber, the French American Chamber, uh, are just some examples that we look at. And you know, one of the things that we want to do is that how can we uh, talk to the to those chambers? How can we get to international businesses and say, you know, you need to be doing business in Dallas, um, and and you know that can be expanding operations. In Dallas, for example, you know, I went to, to, to Germany last fall as part of a, uh, a trip to, to look at their youth uh, uh, apprenticeship programs. And, and one of the, you know, the companies we visited was Siemens, which, you know, is a huge presence in Germany. But then you look in Dallas, they have nearly 2,000 employees in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So that's a, a, a tremendous opportunity for not only our students, but, but others in Dallas to understand that, you know, here's here's one of the largest companies in the world based in Germany, but they have this significant presence in Dallas that employ, you know, a lot of people with jobs that that, that pay, you know, great wages. And so that's just one example of how can we help companies uh, understand Dallas? How can we help our own uh, citizens and, and faculty and staff and our students uh, understand what international business means to Dallas and how we can make that grow? And so, uh, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm by no means an international expert. Thankfully, uh, our, our global economic development team is, and, and they understand this. And it, it constantly amazes me at the work that they do and what they've accomplished, uh, not only with, with international businesses here in Dallas and international organizations, but also uh, international aspects of our own uh, uh, Dallas County Community College District operations. What a fascinating myriad of initiatives and outcomes DCCD has been able to conduct. It's been great talking to you today, but I can't let you go without a brief conversation on the COVID-19 pandemic. What you see is its effects on businesses and students in your community. And can you give us some insight on the short-term effects and what maybe you are thinking the long-term implications are from this pandemic? Well, well, well certainly. It's... Um... You know, it's it's been a you know trying time for all of us. And if you'd said a year ago this is the position we'd be in, I think you know all of us would have said you'd probably were you know we're crazy. But it's 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 it, it is what it is. We have to deal with it, uh, and and so it's changed the way that we do business, and not just for the present, but also for the future. Uh, you know, as far as as the college district is concerned, we'll never go back to doing business the way we did. Uh, the online class presence. Is is going to be much more extensive. Uh, we, you know, like I say, we have over 150,000 students um, in in seven locations across the district. Uh, that's a lot of people crammed into small areas, and so those kind of things just aren't going to happen that much anymore. We're going to have to figure out, and we're doing that. How do we social distance people uh, in these type of learning situations? How do you do more online learning? which is, is going to be, uh, you know, an even more vital part of our operations now, uh, even more so than it was before. Uh, and so what, what's it done for business? Well, we've all seen in Dallas was, you know, was not immune to the fact that you, you saw a lot of, of, of people losing their jobs, uh, some temporarily, some unfortunately permanently. Um, but, but it's also an opportunity uh, for individuals to, to look and say, okay, what, what can I do now? We've created several online training opportunities, for example, that individuals can, can go in and get certifications absolutely free of charge. 
you know, we have individuals go in and get this training so that then they're ready to go into into the workforce. And we've done we haven't done that in a vacuum. We've talked to to businesses and say, what kind of of, of training do you need? Obviously, uh, there are some aspects of of training in in, in a number of areas where you are you can't do it all online. You got to have some face-to-face interaction. So we've had a team that's been working on protocols for that. Uh, this will be probably the first wave of students that we have coming back. Those who need those face-to-face labs, for example, uh, I have a very uh, a program that I'm very proud of, a welding program that just got started before the the pandemic hit, of training uh, homeless veterans uh, to learn welding skills, um, and and so that had to stop. Um, and, and so for that population, it, it was so sad, but to their credit, they're, they're doing a lot of things on their own that they can do, but, but there comes a point where you need an instructor in there to help them so that they can go take their, their, their American Welding Society certification exams and get what they need done so that they can get into the workforce. So uh, it's things like that, that, that we've responded to. Business, I think, in Dallas has, has responded tremendously. Uh, Dallas is, you know, is a business town. Uh, I think our, you know, our business community really gets it here. Uh, and so we're going to come out of this and, and, and I think that you'll see some, some, some things that are going to be done differently. We'll never go back to the way we were. I mean, you know, try to get on an airplane now and see how much different it was than it, than it was six months ago. Um, so, so uh, it's, 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 it's the new world we live in, but we'll adapt. I'm very optimistic that we'll adapt to it. We will thrive. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, it, and I think we come out of this stronger as a people, uh, when, when, when it's all said and done. Mark, thank you so much for your time today and your optimism. We are honored here at Chimura to not only be your data partner, but also your collaborative partner in the important work you are doing at Dallas County Community College. We appreciate your time and we look forward to catching up with you real soon. Well, it's been a real pleasure, Leslie, and, and we appreciate you and all the good folks at Chimura and uh, uh, hope everyone stays safe and uh, we get we get through this and, and everything will be uh, uh, everything will be uh, just fine. We're uh, we're hopeful of that. So thanks again. Chimura can be the difference between a right decision and a wrong one with robust, innovative tools, clear, credible and customized advice. We harness the world of data. We believe you deserve more than a cookie-cutter experience. Our PhD economists give our clients the confidence to become experts in applied labor market data. Centered around excellence, in service, in data, and in insight, we set our standards high so our clients' decisions are always grounded in integrity. Visit us at ChamuraEcon.com. Chamura, let us be your research partner.